0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the All Things Self podcast, or welcome to the All Things Self podcast if you're a new listener. I'm your host, Emily Meachin, and yes, today is another interview. More interviews are coming. I absolutely love interviewing people. I feel really lit up when I interview others, so expect more in the future. I think it's all But I think it's beneficial for all of us to learn about one another and learn from other people and hear other people's stories. So I'm super excited about today's episode, as I am excited for most of the episodes that I create, if not all of them. But today's episode is with Emily Newt. Now, I actually met Emily before I started going to her moon circles. I don't know if she remembers this, but she used to work at a local cafe and I was vegan at the time. And she was like, are you vegan? Because you always get this. And I was like, actually, I am. And then we chatted a little bit and then we parted ways. So what a coincidence that we would have met in the future and I would have been learning from her and being one of her students, as I would like to say. So Emily is a meditation and manifestation advisor and teacher. She also practices those two things. She is a very spiritual being and a soon-to-be vlogger. I am so happy for her. I've learned so much from her, and she's truly helped me shape my own personal journey. I have dove more into my spirituality, more into my subconscious, and realized so much more to my life after attending her moon circles and her practices like her meditations and whatnot. Um, That's another thing. She is a moon circle facilitator, specifically women's moon circles, but men are included here and there. It is all gender sometimes and those moon circles are really, really beautiful. So if you're in the area or even if you're not because of right now, she's doing online moon circles, you should totally check her out. Her links are in the show notes, but... Yeah, I'm super pumped about today's episode. We talk a ton about manifestation, meditation, subconscious reprogramming, her traveling to South America and what she did in South America and how that shaped her. We also talk about spirituality and how to get started into spirituality. This episode just has so so much to cover and it's a really beautiful eye-opening awakening episode so I'm super excited for you all to hear it now before we get into the episode and into the interview with Emily I would love to do my usual what am I grateful for today and how I put myself first today so today, I am grateful for trust. This morning, I had a very eye-opening experience with trusting the universe and knowing that my fears and my limitations do not block me. And if I can push through them and trust into the, and trust in the universe, the universe will always have my back. Which goes really well with today's episode, don't you think? And how I put myself first today is, okay, so I had a rough morning, not going to lie. I wasn't how I expected it to be, but that's completely fine. Like I said, I had a trust experience. I had a test, I would like to say, with the universe today and how I needed to trust it. But that kind of put me a few hours behind the schedule I kind of created for myself but I put myself first by still moving my body, by still meditating, which also goes along really well with today's episode, and by eating a very nourishing lunch before I even got my work started with. So those are my two you know, things that I normally do in these episodes. I'm super grateful that Emily came on the podcast. It was a long time coming. Ever since I started the podcast, she was like, I would love to be on it. So that's what we did today. I'm super duper pumped. For you all to hear it. So, yeah, let's just get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So, today I have another interview. Her name is Emily, same as me. I know what a coincidence. I am super happy to have her here. So, hey, Emily, how are you? I'm so great. Thanks so much for having me today. No problem. I'm super excited to have you here. All right. So, I like to get started with some intro questions. I do these. Um, on every episode now, even just for myself. So when I have interviews and when I don't have interviews. So what is something that you're grateful for today?
1: Ooh, something, oh, there are so many, but today I'm going to say coffee. I've been tired today, man. Coffee is like my, my staple. So grateful for coffee. Do you make your coffee a specific way? Lately, I have been doing... I always start off with my organic coffee grounds and then yeah. yeah then lately I've been adding a little bit of coconut extract and blending that into my coffee yeah because you know we're at that time of year where it's so disgustingly dreary outside and we're right on the cusp of summer but it hasn't quite started yet so it's my morning dose of getting to pretend that I'm an island girl I love that.
0: (laughs) Do you just do a black, you put cream in it or anything, or just the extract? Oat milk. Oat milk all day. No sugar. None of that. And how have you put yourself first today?
1: My morning routine is very structured. And it's funny because it's not, it's structured, but I don't mean it to be. It just happens to be the same every day because it's what kind of sets me on the right foot. So sticking with that, um, making my coffee and then I usually research something that I have on my mind in the morning, and then I journal or meditate, and then I shower today, go me, because you know, I've <laughs> not necessarily been doing that uh super often since being in quarantine. Um and then I actually so <laughs> another funny thing I do at least, usually it's once a year, is I watch the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> They're like six episodes long. They're an hour long apiece. And this morning I allowed myself to just be tired before meeting up with you and just watched a half an episode of BBC's Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> that sounds fun. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Oh, it's the best. It's one of the best love stories, I think, and the the movie version is absolute shit. You have to watch the BBC version because it's literally six times longer than the movie. <laughs> so you get all of the plot twists.
0: I'll have to keep that in mind if I ever want to watch it.
1: It's great, man.
0: Oh, what a series. We're going to go into some speed round questions. So what is your favorite form of self-care? Meditation. That makes a lot of sense. I was going to say, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. What a coincidence. <laughs> and what is your go-to breakfast and hot beverage of choice?
1: I am not really a breakfast girl. I will wait until later in the morning. And then it's usually something more savory than fruit. So <clears throat> but like, I love me an egg scramble. Like, an, like a skillet scramble with veggies and sriracha and balsamic glaze as, like, flavoring.
0: I've never thought about putting balsamic glaze on a scramble before. That sounds oh good, gosh. though. It's top notch. I always put hot sauce. And oh. I put coconut aminos last time. That was pretty good.
1: Ooh, yum. Big fan, big fan. I love your bird. Thank you. Uh, poor Jewel. She's probably, like... She always gets so funny whenever I'm recording. She's like, I can't. I don't understand what's happening. And then she just wants to participate. <laughs>
0: That's what she's like. Hello, please listen to me.
1: She's like, why aren't you looking at me when you talk?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, what is the most inspiring music artist you've listened to?
1: Okay. So <laughs> can I say two? Yeah, of course. Okay. Number one, lately. Okay. Childish Gambino. I love him on so many levels. Well, actually as Donald Glover, as an actor, but then also as a musician, like his ability to be creative in every single endeavor he's ever, done. like he just blows my mind. His authenticity just, it's incredible. And then the other one that I love that's a staple is Queen. I listen to Queen while I run. I listen to Queen while I dance around the house, while I'm cleaning, like Queen. Freddie Mercury to me is that, sa- who is also a Virgo. And he represents to me the the willingness to put yourself out there and be so different and creative and unique. And it's absolutely like intoxifying. Like I just, I love listening to his music because it's so original. and completely different than everything else that had come out in that time for classic rock.
0: I like those answers. I've listened to both of those artists a little bit, not a lot. I'm a very basic music gal if you didn't know that. I'm very I didn't basic. Know that. Yeah, I'm pretty basic. I mean like I like some artists that aren't like so mainstream, but there's a few like mainstream artists where I'm just like I feel you, I like you, heck yeah. So <laughs> but I like those um answers. How have you stepped outside of your comfort zone recently?
1: Oh, good question. I lately have been forcing myself to communicate, not even like I've been over communicating and it's something that I'm not great at. So I saw a lot of room for improvement. So the way that I've been pushing myself is to over communicate in compassion and not out of expectation of getting a certain result in the conversation.
0: I like that. Okay, and what is your favorite aspect about yourself and why?
1: Okay. I this is a double-edged sword cuz lately I'm really 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 starting to discover and look more deeply into duality, like everything that like the phrase good or bad hard to say. So the, the quality in myself that I've been loving because it causes a lot of frustration, like I'm learning to love that side of myself is my intensity. Like I am an intense girl and it's intimidating to other people. It's frustrating to other people. So that's what I'm learning to really love and integrate in myself and see that it's, it's good or bad, hard to say. It's great. And it's also hard.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see how it's really like wonderful part of you to have because it's very unique, but at the same time, how other people perceive it may like affect them in a way that's not really who you are, you know?
1: Totally. Like my poor mom, man. She's like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm so intense. And she's like, no, that's what I like about you. You are really intense. I'm like, I know, but it's not like it makes it, easy. <laughs> it, makes it a lot harder. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just me. <laughs> who I am. I'm so intense.
0: <laughs> all right. So I know who you are, but the listeners may not really know who you are. So how about you introduce yourself? Tell me about who you are, what you do, where you come from, all the
1: goods. What a loaded question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so my name is Emily Newt. I am a meditation teacher and... Lately, I've been doing a stronger focus on women's moon circles and my bread and butter for what I teach is subconscious reprogramming. So <clears throat> in, in a manifestation practice, whatever you're trying to attract to you will always be, um, it'll be blocked by a subconscious belief of unworthiness or un of you being unlovable or, you know, anything that was programmed within you in your childhood. So what I do is get people into a meditative state using um, guided meditation and hypnosis and bring up old wounded subconscious belief systems that do not serve the person. And I help them to reprogram that to neutrality and worthiness so that you can become closer to whatever you're trying to manifest and to further align with your most authentic path and purpose.
0: So that's a lot of like currents, like situation like present moment like that's who you are now so where does your entire story begin childhood school wherever you believe that your story really began for you to become who you are today
1: sure so I won't go all the way back to my childhood because that's just a saga and I have I can say my, I guess my story, my spiritual awakening technically happened when I was 19, but I didn't, I always say that there's two awakenings. Like you wake up and then you have a second awakening where you actually start to, to decide to deal with your shit and move forward and heal and grow and align with your authenticity. So. Oh, totally. Well, yeah. So I woke up when I was 19 and then I did not have my second awakening until i was 23 so i guess my my story really truly to me starts there at 23 at 23 um i'm 26 now so it's only been three years it's not like it's been a lifetime or anything but um within these 3 years so much has shifted and changed within my life because of <clears throat> I would say, one really defining moment. When I was 23, I was in such a bad place. I was working at a dive bar as a server. I drank too much. I smoked cigarettes. I lived in a trailer with two other people. I had no relationship with my family whatsoever. I was dating just the worst men ever and was in a super, super, super toxic relationship with one person in particular. And then as the universe does gave me a swift kick in the ass, I got a DWI and had to really sit and face myself and though that was really hard and <clears throat> i was learning how to gracefully transition out of that um i got another really swift <laughs> kick in the ass my papa passed away less than it was probably a month after that and the though that was really hard i actually had a really 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 beautiful i had a i had a beautiful moment within his death he had just lost his ability to speak that day that I went to see him and say goodbye. And I was able to hold his hands and look into his eyes. And I know how crazy this is going to sound to people that have never had a spiritual experience. And so to me, it was a super crazy experience because I didn't know, I didn't know what was actually happening. But when I looked into his eyes and he looked into mine, I was hearing his thoughts telepathically and He was saying things like, and so you have to imagine that I'm just in his room sitting, holding his hands and then was just bombarded with thoughts of being like, go chase your dreams. If you're not, if you don't like it here, like go be somewhere else. Because I've always been the traveler in the family. And my papa was always like, it's God's country up here. Like, why would you ever want to go and travel? (laughs) He's so North country. But this thought process that I was having that I truly do believe was his is he was like giving me permission to go and experience other things and to not feel guilty about it and to not let anyone hold me back. And then after I had that experience, which took me so (laughs) long to fully understand what had actually happened, but less than two months after that, I had booked my One way ticket to Ecuador so that I could backpack and travel and stay at a Buddhist meditation center where I could really start taking subconscious reprogramming seriously.
0: So, the entire situation is very intense and magical, yeah, like with your pop up. Yeah, I really love that, and I didn't know that about you, so that was like really interesting to (laughs) hear and experience. Um, so when you went to South America. Yep. Okay. I, I couldn't think of it was like South America or South Africa for some reason. So when you went to South, South
1: Africa's
0: South- next. Ooh, I love that. So, um, when you were going to South America, did you go in hopes of like finding spiritual awakenings or like a spiritual path or continue onward? Or did you just go? Cause you felt called to go. Like what led you to travel to South America specifically?
1: Totally. So when I was 18 and graduated from high school, I actually went and did my first trip to South America. So I backpacked, alone when I was 18 for two months in Ecuador and had a really, really, really liberating experience. It was like the first time that I had actually felt freedom and understood the power of traveling and what it can offer. So when I decided to go back down there again, um, I went because Ecuador to me feels like home and I had got a lot of shit from a lot of people being like why are you going back to the same place that you went before you know there's a lot of places in the world and I was like no you don't understand like Ecuador to me is my home and then being in America is like my second home like it's flip-flopped for me I feel much more comfortable in, in Ecuador so when I decided to go back there it was because I already had a comfort there and I wanted to feel comfortable. I wanted to be taken out of my, my like life circumstance and be somewhere completely new where I was more able to see my patterning so that I knew what to dissect and to uh, reprogram while I was down there. Um, the hopes that I had was to completely reprogram my entire subconscious while I was down there. And there's a reason why it's a journey and everybody calls it a journey and it's supposed to be a journey and you can't run away from yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so my expectation versus what actually happened was very, very, very different, but I was at least able to start scratching at the surface of, of what was there. So. And what was that
0: like? Like, were you nervous or like scared at all to do that?
1: Well, the first time I went down, (laughs) the first time I went there when I was 18, I threw up out of the car window (laughs) that I was riding in on the way to the airport. But this, this past time that I went down there, it was it felt like it was exactly what I needed to do. And I was a lot more, um, able to manage my fear when I was going down there. Like, yeah, I was absolutely scared. You're, you know, you're traveling by yourself and, you know, there are always things you need to think about. But at that point, I had kind of realized that, you know, I, I, at the time, I really didn't feel like I had a choice. Like I really just wanted to open up my heart and learn more about about myself. So, anytime I had fear, I was just like, "You know what? Like you need this." So,
0: was reassuring yourself.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Like I know I I knew that it was exactly what I needed to do at the time.
0: And how was that feeling of knowing for you? Like, what did that feel like? Because I. I don't think everyone knows what like their feelings are saying to them. Like they're not in tune with themselves. So what was that feeling for you? And obviously that can be different from someone else's.
1: Totally. Um, I, that's a really great question. I, feelings wise, I felt hungry. I felt hungry to really, instead of the universe continuously giving me a kick in the ass for me to level up. It was like an inner knowing an inner wisdom that it was my time to take action on what I wanted to accomplish. So I can't say that it was a specific feeling, but it was a hunger and it was a knowing that made me start to take steps towards that.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really good way to describe it. Cause even right now for myself, uh, I guess within this past, like quarantine, I've been feeling more like I need to heal and like become like more one with myself, but it's not like a feeling like I don't feel anything. It's just like a, no, I'm going to keep doing this because this is what I need to do.
1: Yeah. And I feel like my story is kind of funny in that, and especially since we started off the conversation talking about how intense I am, um, I think the common belief when people hear my story is that they're like, oh my gosh, okay, if I'm gonna start to reprogram my subconscious, I have to travel to South America and, you know, backpack by myself and whatever. And that's truly, truly, truly not the case. Like, the more I made those grandiose moves, the more I realized it's actually harder in a way to stay where you are and process things as they come up and challenge yourself where you're already currently triggered. That I think is just as impactful and just as important as making a huge freaking leap into left field like you don't have to do that you don't have to be intense Emily and just sell all your shit and backpack through South America like you don't have to do that
0: yeah and I agree too for a really long time I thought that I had to like travel to deal with like my past and whatnot and within the past like few years I've been like nope I can deal with it right here right where I am you know everything comes up when it's supposed to come up and this and that so I I really agree with that because a lot of people are I don't I don't know if it's a lot of people but I know people sometimes feel like they have to like do it a certain way or do it a way someone else has done it or like a way an influencer or someone online has done it like comparing their their journey to someone else's
1: yeah I totally I totally see that and I get it and and I think that that's what kind of makes me different as like a meditation teacher is I can I can understand the the value when people are like in the shit like really really just like in it where I can be like know you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Like you don't have to be like making these grandiose moves that you know influencers try to make it look so glamorous. And the fact of the matter is is if you're truly on your journey, it's not glamorous. <laughs> it's not oh, yeah, not at all. And if it is, you're running away from yourself and you're lying to yourself. Like,
0: <laughs> let's be real. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. The past few days have not been so glamorous. For me, so.
1: <laughs> I look at you and I'm like, I have, because you've been crying a lot. And I'm so jealous. Like, that means you're moving through a lot, which is so beautiful. Oh, yeah.
0: It was like 48 hours of just crying and like feeling better and then crying again. And then dealing with all of that. And then I rested. Uh, yeah, I was resting for like two days. And then I was like, okay, back to Kundalini. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Go jealous. back to it. <laughs> um, okay. So you're in South America. Yeah what was like the first like few weeks like like how long were you there in total I guess and then what was like the beginning of the experience like for you
1: sure so (laughs) I was there for a little over three months um and I when I got down there I had this expectation of flying in and then traveling down to the very bottom of the country and staying in this little town called Vilcabamba, which is actually like pretty well known for being a very like spiritual place. It's like a small mountain town. So my plan was to go straight down there and to go to a Buddhist meditation center and just start working on things. But as the universe has it, and as my... <laughs> You know, it's not easy to deal with your stuff. And so I did the typical thing of, I got there. I actually missed my flight to Vilcabamba. And then instead of going down straight away and just taking buses, which would have taken like, it was like an 18, 12, 12, 12 hour bus ride straight there, maybe more like 14 or 16. But anyway, I ended up meeting this, these two Germans. And instead we took a bus out to the coast and we hitchhiked down the coast. So it actually ended up working out way better that way for me, because I was able to really have a great time and like go to the beach. It was in the middle of the winter in New England. So going down and being in like 90 degree weather in Ecuador on the beach was just absolutely exactly what I needed like I got the best sunburn ever (laughs) and the best lobster burn it was so good I needed it so bad um not that I condone getting sunburns but I wear
0: sunscreen everyone
1: yeah Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then I had all natural sunscreen. Dog, all natural sunscreen does not freaking work. And then sunscreen down there because only tourists wear it are like twenty dollars for a little tiny travel bottle. That's crazy. It's messed up. Yeah, what? What a way to get us tourists smart. Anyway, so the first couple weeks, I would say the first like week and a half or so, I was just bebopping down through towns on the coast and I went snorkeling and at the time I was just taking videos because I really wanted to be a travel blogger at the time vlogger blogger you should probably know that because that's what I wanted to be so I have I had just taken a bunch of videos and put together some really funny small videos um one's on youtube and it has 86 views oh heck yeah i know rising up in the world um i'm actually honestly really surprised that 86 people have seen it i'm like who the f is watching this but anyway so traveled down the coast had a really great time and then i as we got further south i just took a bus inwards into the country to get closer to the jungle where the Buddhist meditation center was and then after that um staying at the Buddhist meditation center which was truly not very buddhist in my opinion <laughs> they i swear i think i was the only person in that place that would meditate consistently i was meditating at least once a day for an hour and then sometimes would kick on another meditation later on in the day but Um, And I was also getting my life coaching certificate at the time, too. So I was working on that. And I went into a depression while I was down there. And people, I don't think people really realize, like, the experience that I had down there. But after being... Yeah. yeah. Because people are going to think that, like, you're in South
0: America. You're having, like, a swell time. You're living your best life.
1: Totally. You know? And... I was until I wasn't and then I was just like what the heck is this like what am I doing this is this is nothing because it's I wasn't experiencing life really I was just trying to sit there and deprogram a bunch of stuff and that gets overwhelming and boring and not as fun so then after that I ended up going on a pretty wild ride and manifested some people that um (laughs) I ended up doing plant ceremonies, so I took San Pedro, and then I did three ayahuasca ceremonies back to back, and then things were pretty insane after that, trying to learn how to integrate everything that I had learned through the jungle medicine.
0: Did anything, like, come up that you didn't expect to come up when you were going through that, if you feel comfortable sharing?
1: Yeah, I... I love sharing about my San Pedro ceremony because to me that was, it was a lot more structured and I feel like I got the exact thing that I needed for what I had intended for the ceremony. Um, My intention was because I was going through this spiritual depression and really felt separated from who I was. I asked the question, who am I, as I was drinking the San Pedro and I ended up it was first I was purging so you always have to give to receive so I was purging all of the negativity around what it's like what femininity is and what the role of women is in society and how that's been so absolutely demonized like why why do women have to be masculine to be powerful Why can't we be powerful, feminine, creative, community-oriented leaders? Why do we have to take on this male persona? And then after transitioning through that purge, I was able to receive visions of past lives that I've had. I saw myself as a soul in the etheric realm, picking out my body parts and deciding uh, for this specific incarnation, who my parents were going to be, what I was going to look like, what my culture was going to be—you know—making sure that my my life plan, my what I was what I was anticipating, learning lessons wise, was going to be carried out to the best of my abilities in this specific lifetime. So I got to I got to see all these really really interesting things that really got me thinking it took me a very long time to integrate all of this and I feel like oh, yeah, now, that's a lot yeah and yeah. then I had the three ayahuasca ceremonies after that but I was so lucky to have that experience because I no longer felt like I was going to demonize the fact that you know being a caregiver being able to hold space being able to bring communities together and support creation Like all of that, I felt like I was able to give up and now that's exactly what I do, so. (laughs) I really like that. I
0: like how um, with everything that happened, you were able to slowly but surely like process it and work through it and then become who you are today. Because I feel like that experience can be really, really intense for some people, especially doing everything that you did. Um, like kind of back to back I don't know what the time period was between everything but that can be really really intense for people and some people could get overwhelmed and then just like not want to like not be ready to deal with it you know
1: oh totally I and that's what I say now I know that ayahuasca and other potent hallucinogenics and plant medicines are very much so they're like almost glamorized now in society and i totally get it like we are as humanity we are experiencing so much pain like we have a lot of karmic debt in this specific time that we're experiencing and then and i have total compassion for that because that's exactly where i was at at one point being like you know what i'm just going to i'm just going to get through all this pain and suffering and i'm going to deal with it through three ayahuasca ceremonies and then i'm going to be good it's like no i it's been yeah, not how it works no not at all it's been two, two years, three. How old am I? It's been two years since my ceremonies. And I feel like I'm just barely starting to believe that I'm tying up the loose ends of everything that happened within the ceremonies and integrating those experiences. Like, it's not like a one and done thing, man. It will, it will shake up your life so much that You don't, you just don't need to do it that way. You don't need to do it that way. You can if you want, but you don't have to. Yeah.
0: That's not what I'm doing, you know? And like, I think I'm working through things pretty well. So I think letting people know that they have the options of like how to process things and it doesn't have to be intense or like a certain experience.
1: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And that's the thing too is- you can, and I, I can't even stress this enough, that there is a spiritual community everywhere in the United States, literally everywhere. every Every place people are, there's going to be a spiritual community. And then the fact that we also have online resources now, too. Like, you don't have to go through the mud to have these experiences. They're right in front of you. You just have to take the action step to be a part of it. It's Just as impactful, truly, as an ayahuasca experience. Just to be able to connect and communicate. Like, you don't have to have this altering experience, this conscious altering experience to get something out of it. It's literally right there.
0: Yeah, and I have to agree with that because for the longest time, I was kind of just like figuring things out on my own. I didn't really know about the community up here. I found it through Tiana who knew you. So she showed me like the circles and stuff. And that's when I started finding like more like-minded individuals. But I'm sure if I searched a little more or just reached out a little more then I would have been able to find it beforehand too if I needed to at that time.
1: Yeah. And I think too, I think when you first wake up on your spiritual journey, I think it's really important. This is going to sound weird, but you're going to feel like you're going through it alone. And I feel like that's a really, really common thing to feel is like, wow, I'm having this experience. Nobody else gets it. Nobody else is experiencing these things. And then you're, you find this community where everybody's having maybe not the same experience but something really similar and then you're like oh my god my people (laughs) like yes so I think that that both of those things are really important because would you truly be grateful for a community if you just had it right at your fingertips right at right at first
0: I don't know maybe you would be I don't know So, before we, like, transition out of you being in South America, were there any other, like, significant experiences that happened for you besides, like, the ceremonies, or do you think those were, like, the most significant experiences?
1: For the sake of the podcast, I'm just going to keep it really light and positive and keep it, you know, at the ceremonies. Of course, I was there for three and a half months, so there's a whole slew of stories, but... Eventually I will have a YouTube series that covers all the events that happened while I was down there. But for the purpose of this podcast, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna button that up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which is completely fine. So when she leaves her socials at the end of the interview, you could probably follow her on there and then she'll talk about when she's launching her pod, um, not her podcast, her YouTube channel, when she's ready to do so. Yeah. So still talking about South America, How has traveling to another country helped shape you into who you are today?
1: Wow. What a question. (laughs) Traveling for me is so, it's so, it's so special. Like it's so, it's, it's the ability to have your mind be delighted and surprised and overloaded with completely new information every single day. So, and I, I feel like I said, most at home in Ecuador. So to me, to be able to find another place that feels like home that I feel really connected to and then being able to play in that environment is just so special. I really, truly feel like you can be anyone while you travel because no one knows you. Nobody knows anything about you. You can literally be whoever you want to be but I've found that I've been able to be the most authentic version of myself because I don't have anyone to impress.
0: Yeah, that's true. Because when you were saying that, I was going to be like, so you can be authentic, like really be
1: who you are. Exactly. It's like, you can try on all these different hats if you really freaking wanted to, but I think when it boils down to it, just having the opportunity to be yourself. And then if somebody judges you for it, you can be like, okay, bye, like see you never, literally. Yeah. Like I'm never going to see you again. So,
0: would you suggest traveling to others? And if you do suggest traveling to others, what do you think, based on your experiences of traveling, can offer to them?
1: I absolutely think everyone should travel, of course there's so much opportunity within that. I personally, okay, I honestly I can't say that I have any advice. I would say go somewhere where you're feeling called to go to. Don't let anybody else plan your trip for you. I think a lot of people choose to travel with other people, which is totally fine. Um, I just have the preference of traveling alone because I'm independent AF and I like to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do. And so I think, but I think that the sacrifice is when you travel with someone else is that you can do whatever you want to do, but you also have to accommodate for the other person. So if you're down to do that, then cool. But I would just say, keep an open mind to put yourself first, your needs first for whatever would delight you and whatever you want to explore within yourself first. Because you number one.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Whenever I've thought about traveling, I've always thought about doing it with someone else because of fear.
1: yeah. No. And I've totally been there. It's, I, I like the idea and I, I love seeing couples travel together. Like that to me is a very, very, very romantic idea. Um, but then I'm just like, oh, that sounds awful. Like good or bad, hard to say. (laughs) Yeah. I guess it
0: depends on the situation, what's going on, the relationship. There's so many factors that can go into play for real. All right. So now I want to talk about meditation and manifestation because that's what you do, you know, for It's job. who I is. Yeah. It's who you are. <laughs> so when did you first get started with meditation and manifestation? Because you talked about it a little bit with the South America trip, but I do think you talked about it a little bit beforehand. So when did it really come into play for you?
1: My meditation journey started even before I started meditating. I used to follow a teacher that would teach subconscious reprogramming, but it's a different style than I teach. I teach a version of it now, but I've been lucky enough to like have many different teachers and pick out what I like and what's the most effective in my opinion. And that's what I teach, which is what everybody should do in my opinion. But I started following this teacher who taught, she called it time travel meditations. And I did not do it for the longest time. And then right around when my papa started to pass away, I did one, I did an inner child meditation that absolutely freaking blew my mind. I think it's the first time I actually sat down and did a whole meditation start to finish. And it was only like I actually didn't finish the whole thing. It was 20. I was in meditation for 20 minutes and I came out of it and was sobbing uncontrollably. And that's what started my, the realization of the power and heat of healing and transformation within a meditative state. That's when it really kicked off for me. And this was before South America? This was, it was right in the midst of me, it was before I had decided to go down to South America to continue on with that process.
0: And did you start meditating before you started manifesting or before you started practicing manifestation or how did that like go for you?
1: Yeah, totally. So I started playing around with the law of attraction when I first woke up. And I think that that's usually kind of where people start out in their spiritual practices, they kind of like realize like, oh, things aren't as they seem. And then they learn about the law of attraction because it's the most fun, you know? So I had learned about it when I was 19 and was constantly playing with it, but could not figure out that missing... That missing link of why I could not pull specific manifestations through or why or how I could pull specific manifestations through but then they would be just as just as fast as they come they would leave so then working with meditation put those two links together for me that when you are actively working to manifest something you do need to neutralize those subconscious belief systems that are blocking those manifestations from coming through.
0: So how has incorporating these two different practices helped transform your life from where it was before you started incorporating these practices?
1: Oh, it's kind of, this is, this is a hard question to answer because I think these practices have made me More spiritual, (laughs) more inquisitive, more interested in understanding physics along with spiritual philosophy. I think that it's made me understand. This is a really, actually, really important. It's made me understand that. You cannot, like, the more spiritual you are and the more you understand spirituality, you cannot be a victim. You literally cannot be a victim to your reality. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away from it is whenever I move into that victimhood state, going into meditation and understanding where that victimhood comes from, reprogramming that, and then getting even closer to whatever I'm trying
0: to manifest. So do you want to go into a little more detail about what you mean about victim? Because maybe not everyone will really understand what you mean by that. And you can just do it for you, like your personal experience. Sure.
1: So being a victim is... Being a victim to your reality means that you do not understand that you have a little bit of control over what is happening. I don't think that anybody has complete control because there are other universal things at play, but I think that if you, like the universe is either happening to you Things are happening to you, which you're being the victim of, or you can be more playful and more understanding that you're a co-creator in that is that things are coming up for you, for you to take accountability for, reprogram in your subconscious, understand a deeper level of yourself, and then through that through healing that that neutrality in your brain the reality that you're projecting from your subconscious mind is going to go a lot more smoothly and more synchronicities are going to pop up so being a victim means things are happening to you instead of you happening to the universe (laughs) does that make sense
0: I think I see what you're saying. So it's more so like things are happening in the universe that are affecting you, but they're not necessarily happening, happening to you. They're happening more for you and for your experience.
1: Yeah. Let me, give you, let me give you an example. So for example, an example of being a victim would be attracting a partner into your life and they're doing something to you that you don't like and you can say oh i'm the victim they're they're doing this thing they're doing this but the reality of the situation is as you project your reality every second like you're manifesting your reality every single second of every single day so what's actually happening is this person is doing something for you so that you can go back to your childhood and find that wounding where you weren't good enough so that you can reprogram that and then your reality will change. Like literally that person will stop doing whatever they're doing because your perception of it has changed from whatever the wounding was in your childhood to you having complete neutrality. Like your reality literally does change when you change your subconscious belief systems.
0: Yeah, totally. I see what you're saying. Um, And I think that this all can get like a bad rep when people try to be like, okay, well, why did this happen to me? And it's a very like intense, not something anyone would want to happen to them situation. I think that's where people try to be like, well, that doesn't make sense because this happened to me.
1: That's a really such a good thing to bring up. And- that is so, so, so absolutely true because the greater the greater scheme of things is that, you know, we're not just these souls living this one life. We don't die and then that's the end of it. Like that's not actually what happens. So in my personal belief is it's all karma. Like if something really, really messed up happens to you, it's unfortunately it's karmic debt. And yes, you are a victim of that, especially if you had absolutely no control of that whatsoever. So yeah, I understand that. I totally get it. And you're allowed to feel whatever you want to feel about it, but it's how you gracefully move out of that place and move from that victimhood to make you a stronger, more authentic person and giving that strength to others. That's what counts.
0: Yeah. I have to agree with that too. Cause I guess like for like situations I've been in, I've been in some like not so great situations. And now I've realized like I can either sit in that and let it still consume me and control me, or I can see it for what it was and then also shift out of it. and work through it just like you'd work through like something that happened in childhood or something that happened in like another relationship because you don't want to continue to sit in sit in it and like let that soak up inside of you. Totally. And just like be consumed by it because then you're really never going to move forward and shift into the person that you want to become or that you already are on the inside.
1: Yeah. And that's another that's and that's another piece of the puzzle is that I'm not saying that when things are happening to you and you're triggered and, you know, sometimes like truly awful things happen, like they really do. And it's not like I'm saying to spiritual bypass, which is so common in new age spirituality is to like, just be like, Oh no, it it's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm going to work through it. It's you, you should sit in those feelings and move them out of your body and then move forward from it but to stay in a constant state of victimhood is also equally as toxic because you're not allowing that to move through you and to use it as a strength
0: yeah and I think that's where people get I guess like turned off from the spiritual like realm or like community or whatever it may be because they're like well, I can't just like think positive and like have things less like shift. And it's like, well, it's not really about thinking positive all the time. It's about experiencing your life, sitting in your emotions, experience, experiencing your emotions, but then getting to a place where you can work through that and not letting it consume you and your entire being.
1: Totally. Yeah. Toxic positivity is definitely, is definitely a thing, but the way it literally just clicked for me just in that moment when you were talking is, like you can be positive in when you're sitting in that really emotional state and not to spiritual bypass, but to see the hope of being on the other side of having moved through it. That's not toxic. That's like healthy positivity. (laughs) Yeah, for real.
0: I have to agree with that. So how has like meditation and manifestation, how has these practices helped you cultivate a life that you love or be more open to the universe and what it has to offer?
1: I truly believe more. I believe that I'm in, in alignment with my, my personal path by being, by teaching what I've learned, by being able to hold space for women and, and teach them and empower them to reprogram their subconscious and and hold space and create this like super supportive community. Um, And then through my subconscious reprogramming, just general meditation classes, I get to do it with men and women and we're able to connect on a different level. And just being able to create this is my, it's my, it's part of my purpose. I don't believe it's my whole purpose. Like I'm definitely not done (laughs) by any means, but being in more alignment with that and teaching what I learn, being in greater alignment with that makes me able to play with the universe more. And I feel like it just attracts more synchronicities and more breadcrumb trails of the direction that I'm supposed to go in moving forward. Like I find like there's this like very beautiful balance by, you know, not only taking hold of this practice, but sharing it with others, is I have this beautiful balance of where, like, I can manifest things moving in a in a direction, and then the universe, like, slowly kind of, like, guides me wherever I need to go. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, that, that makes okay. sense. I understood what you meant. There's a lot more synchronicities in your life. Oh, my
1: God. It's honestly... I write them down. That's what I journal in the morning is I journal, uh, things that I've been re reprogramming and how that's been affecting my reality. And then just following breadcrumb trails of synchronicities is just, it's so much fun to be like, and this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And then boom, there's the manifestation right there, right in front of my face. Like it's so fun. Yeah. And
0: especially like when I hear stories from you, your stories can get like really like crazy synchronistic (laughs) where it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't even understand how you did that. (sighs) I don't understand how that worked, but it's very, at least for me, it's very like inspiring in a way where it's like, okay, well, if she can, I can in my own way for my own things, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's nice to have like other people to, I guess, like, it's nice to have people you know that are kind of, like, going through their emotions that you want to, like, go through in your own way. Yeah. Instead of just, like, constantly seeing, like, influencers or people online. It's nice to, like, actually see
1: someone. Yeah. You know? And that's the god honest truth. And I feel like that's a strength that is definitely a strength within me is I am so willing to put all of my cards on the table. Well, I think to a certain degree, I think, um, there should be like, you should discern, um, between what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. But I do feel like it's so important to show the good with the bad and to say like, yeah, this thing came up for me and I cried about it for a whole day. Like, that's so beautiful to be able to say, no, that wasn't okay. No, that part of myself really disgusts me. Like it, like, I don't like that particular part. It's, it, and it's so, it's just the human experience. And to be able to be vulnerable and share that is so much more impactful than being like, you want my life. Like, look what I'm doing. This is all. Yeah it's not how life is. It's just
0: unrealistic. And I think a lot more people now are wanting more realness online, like more authenticity online, because they don't want to be like, they don't want to be like brainwashed, I guess, to an extent where it's like, my life's perfect when it's like, no one's life is perfect. And perfection is an illusion. Yeah,
1: And I think it just creates unrealistic expectations for people. And that's what you know, perpetuates shame. It's just like continuously feeding like yourself that you're not good enough. And if you, if you have that unworthiness wound, which everybody does, it's like, you're just continuously like hitting yourself in the head by looking up to someone that doesn't share the good with the bad. So try to be more human because we all human. So
0: you teach meditation and manifestation practices, and you do moon circles. So what is your story with becoming a teacher of these practices in the spiritual community?
1: So I hope Abby listens to this because Abby is now my boss at the yoga studio. Uh, I originally was in meditation in south america and it was right at the tail end of my trip and when i came back from south america i was coming back to literally nothing i had like less i had like a little over a dollar in my checking account by the time my plane landed in america and so right before i left to go back home i was kind of scrambling to get my to get everything like something going for an income I got a download while I was in meditation in South America to offer meditations at home to like bring the gift that I was able to receive while in South America to bring that home. And I remember thinking to myself like, yeah, I could, I could facilitate a meditation. Like I could do that because there's always parts of meditation where I'd be like, man, I wish that was this way. And you know, I would do it a little bit differently. So I, I, got the download to just look into becoming a meditation teacher. So I came out of the meditation and I went to a coffee shop and I was sitting there using their Wi-Fi and I Googled yoga studios in Littleton because I had never gone to a yoga studio in Littleton, only in other places that I've lived in North Carolina and Arizona. So I found root to bloom studio, which is where I work now and rich bloom popped up and i messaged abby and i didn't know it was abby at the time i just messaged them randomly on facebook and said hey i'm a meditation teacher as if i had ever guided the meditation before which i had not at all but i was like acting as if which is you know step in manifestation i was just like whatever i'm just gonna throw it out there nothing to lose literally nothing to lose so when I, I messaged her, I said, hey, I'm, I'm Emily. I'm coming back to the area. I'm a meditation teacher. I would love to talk to you and see uh, if you'd be interested in, in having me work for you. And she messaged me back pretty instantly and was so excited. She was like, Oh my God, that is, you are exactly what I've been. Lo- I've been looking for a meditation teachers is exactly what, you know, I've, I've been watching and I was like, okay, great. So let's meet up um, when I get back and, and we can work it out. So I went and I met Abby and she, you know, she hired me and I started teaching meditation classes. That was two years ago. Yeah. Just almost exactly two years ago. Yeah. And um, that's another little key to manifestation, um, just to throw it out there, is that not only was I excited to become a guided meditation teacher, but Abby, Who I was co-manifesting with, Abby was also really, really, really excited to have me as a meditation teacher. So um, just to have those two, like both of us being excited, that means that it's a perfect manifestation. If someone's, if you have to like tiptoe around to get to get a manifestation to come through, where, you know, like maybe the other person you're co-creating with is like kind of like wishy-washy or not interested or whatever, that means that it's not the right, it's not, it's not the right thing to pull through. If that makes sense.
0: No, yeah, that makes sense. And in the sense, you created your own reality, like what people kind of strive to do by saying that you were manif- um, a meditation teacher, because you were
1: owning that before it even was like created to an extent. Exactly. And the thing was, too, is it's it's not like you know it all magically happened, and and it was it was much more of a process. It was much more of a process than that because yes, I like did the phrase like fake it till you make it, but the reality of the situation was, was I was really scared to hold my first meditation because I had never done it before, but I understood that I was capable of it and it was something that really influenced me and my journey and I wanted to share that with other people. So I knew that I needed to level up and step up to the plate in that way. Um but it wasn't just like this really like it just naturally happened and here I am. Like it was a process for sure.
0: Yeah, just like everything else is it's all a process. Exactly. Things don't just like happen and then everything's like chill for the rest of like your life. Right.
1: Yeah. And if something (laughs) doesn't scare you, like if there isn't a level If it's not a level above you, then you're just not challenging yourself enough. So challenge yourself, not too much where it's completely out of reach and you'd have to bust through so much subconscious reprogramming, but to take those baby steps of something that puts you out of your comfort zone quite consistently. And then you gain that, that muscle to keep pushing through your fear. So what
0: are some of your favorite experiences while teaching so far?
1: Okay. <laughs> there was the Aquarius. Was it was it new moon or full moon? Do you remember this? I, yeah, I think it was. I don't remember which one it was. I'm pretty sure it was the Aquarius, and it was a new moon ceremony, and it was in. When was that? It was in January, I think. Um, what is time? <laughs> Uh, But we were in ceremony, and one of my favorite moments was because Aquarius is, is generally like likes to communicate and talk and things like that. So when we were in circle, I opened up the circle to a lot more sharing, and I remember going around the circle and... I got all of these downloads. Every time somebody would talk, I had all of these downloads of ideas for people to move forward with, with whatever whatever they were trying to manifest. So that was really fun to know that I was in a spot where I felt really in my element. I was, you know, in my doing... Accomplishing my life purpose or at least the first step in that, and then being in alignment allowed me to be like like an antenna, like a psychic antenna was shooting out of the top of my head where I was able to just receive like <laughs> so much information, which was so it was just so fun. I remember the end of that ceremony, I felt really, just absolutely fulfilled like i felt I felt so much like excitement and felt really playful. And, um, and then, yeah, that, that same feeling that's what I strive for is in any meditation where I'm able to really impact someone and it's not me impacting them it's the power of releasing emotions and I specifically like honestly I love doing it for women but I love also having men come to the practice and like I've been able to see men cry and really release things that were that, you know, they're not allowed in society to let out like that just really friggin resonates with me. It makes me feel like, you know, like things are changing and, um, and that I have the honor of being a part of that is really, it's really just hashtag blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag blessed.
0: (laughs) So through teaching, it seems like you were really able to step into your power and step into your worth with teaching. Oh, for sure. For sure. So what are some misconceptions about manifestation, meditation, and spirituality that you just want to talk about?
1: I think the only thing, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty because yeah, there's a lot of things in new age spirituality that I don't like, but I think the thing that I want to really say is that you cannot bite off more than you can chew like go low and slow like and enjoy yourself through through this journey and i know that it's easier said than done and i know spiritual depression is is really common and i'm saying that as someone that's been through it not just that one time that i was in south america but multiple 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 times but this process is supposed to Be challenging, and it's supposed to take time. And being patient within yourself, and allowing it to unfold naturally, I think that that's something that is really overlooked these days. Is like you know we are influenced by influencers who seem to have it all together, and that's completely unrealistic. And I think the older of a soul you are, the more you have to bust through. And I think that, you know, having compassion for yourself in that and just enjoying the ride is so much more important than getting into the nitty of like toxic positivity and um, other just like manifestation debunking. Like just be, just be compassionate with yourself, be nicer to yourself. Yeah. And
0: really enjoy the process of everything because it's not always about the end manifestation the end goal the end whatever it may be it's like really about the process and what led you there totally
1: yeah and journal journal that's my the it's the tool that I lean on and always say to other people because it's something that you can continuously look back on. It's like you having a record of everything that you've processed and manifested and those breadcrumb trails, like, man, it is so fun. Like when I go back and look in my journals, I laugh and I just, oh, it's just so fun to me.
0: Yeah, and with journaling, when we did the last circle after we came out of meditation and I had like that very intense experience, I was journaling and I didn't even think about what I was writing. I just was like writing so much. And then when I got to the end of it and then after I shared, it kind of like all put together, like it was all put together at the end. And I think journaling, especially in the morning and at night, has really helped me.
1: It's like you're taking your, when you get into like a really when you're like consistently writing and you're not even thinking about it, you are accessing your subconscious, but you're still in your present reality. So I, I feel like personally with journaling, you're accessing both like your logical brain where you're able to put pieces together, but then also your subconscious, which is like more illogical. So having those two work together is so beautiful to be able to see how everything fits together, like a beautiful puzzle. Like you're able to like put all of those pieces together.
0: So what are your top tips for others with getting started in meditation, manifestation, whatever it may be? Come to my class. <laughs> I'm
1: just <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just
0: go to the class and that's just all. Just show up. That's
1: it. You'll be nurtured. Okay, anyway. Um, my top tip is don't put it off. And it's not as scary as you think it's going to be. Um, I would just say, just try it and maybe not go two feet first into subconscious reprogramming, but at least maybe trying, starting out with like a gratitude meditation or just starting to see how your subconscious can play with you in meditation and coming from it, from, from that perspective, instead of just like whiling out and going into, you know, the, the reprogramming portion where you are dealing with things that are, you know, that, that are traumatic and could potentially, um, bring up some things for you that you, that you weren't expecting. Um, the other portion is if you are wanting to get into subconscious reprogramming or inner child work or, or whatever that requires a lot more, um, in depth examination of your childhood and your wounding is to have a support system. And I think journaling can be a really great support system, but also having somebody that you can talk to about, um, what you've learned is really important.
0: Yeah. I'd have to agree, especially like re vocalizing what you went through. Cause then it helps like reassure you what just happened or what you just experienced. Yeah. Helps you like process it better. It
1: does. And like, yeah, getting it out of your system, like getting it out of your body, verbalizing it, allowing your throat chakra to be activated, to move it through your body is really powerful. Just as long as you do it with someone that you have a good relationship with and that you feel safe with.
0: Yeah, totally. And I would also like to add in to not have like expectations of what you'll get out of it or what it's going to bring up because that is all like out of your control. You can't expect to experience something specifically and then like maybe it will happen but at the same time it's like most of the time other things get brought up and you realize different things than what you were even expecting in the first place
1: should we should we tell the one two three rule
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, go with the one two three rule because I think that's really important too sure
1: yeah so I teach, whenever I start a meditation class and I know that there are people that haven't been there before, I try to just generally skim over what meditation is and what it isn't. And there are awesome YouTube resources that you can watch about that Um, because there is a lot of mythology and it's made out to be something I think that it's not necessarily. But I always like to start the class with the one, two, three rule. And that just means that when I prompt you with something, so when I say something, allow whatever comes up for you within the first three seconds to be whatever you choose to, um, process for the rest of the meditation, because, um, that's what your subconscious is gifting you with. And then anything after three seconds is when your ego butts in and is like, no, that doesn't make sense. No, like don't process that has nothing to do with what you're trying to manifest. Like, no, don't, don't, don't move forward with that and the egos job is just to keep you safe but your subconscious knows better than you and everything's feelings res- related instead of actually making logical sense. So if you're given something from your subconscious on a sub on a silver platter, just take it and run with it and it might m- not make sense within that moment but it might make sense later on throughout the meditation. So that's my that's my one
0: two three rule. Yeah, and I think it's a really good rule to have because it's helped me a lot like hone in on what specifically I needed to work through or process, whatever it may be. So that's really been beneficial for me with practicing meditation and manifestation in general. So was there anything you wanted to mention about anything that we talked about before we end today's episode? I don't think so. I feel really good about it. All right. So what is, because I'm going to do some like little questions before we leave. What is a fact about you that not many people would know about?
1: A fact about me is I grew up being uh, like a performer. Like I love to perform. So I took dance classes. I went to acting camps as a kid. I acted all through uh, elementary school and high school and danced in high school too. That's a kind of a fun fact. People don't really, cause I'm quite shy now and I don't really like to public speak that much. See, I don't think you're shy at all. Like you
0: don't come across as shy.
1: Oh, I think, I think that is a perception of myself that I need to debunk. I feel I'm very, very introverted. My North node is in Sagittarius. So I, I prefer to be very independent Um, and alone, but I also have the other side of me where I am really comfortable in group settings. So I don't know. I lean more towards being alone, but can also be outgoing in group settings too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because you're totally outgoing in like the group settings. You know, and I guess like because you are like a leader to an extent, like you are someone who leads the meditations and the moon circles and stuff that meet people don't really think that introverts
1: are leaders. That's an interesting thing to bring up for sure. Yeah, I, I have to say I... Well, you know, Tony Robbins preaches this too, like energy conservation is I feel like the more time I spend, like I, I build up the energy to then be able to hold space for a lot of people. And then I need to be alone for a long time, recharge, rejuvenate, work on myself. And then I'm able to show up better and hold more space for more people. So introverts can totally be leaders, totally. I mean, you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, but so is everybody. So, and it's the same with extroverts. Extroverts, it's harder for them to be introverted and spend time alone, but that's impactful too and important too, so. So what is your sun, moon and rising and what is your
0: human design? So you know more about this stuff than I do. So I'll let you like take the lead here because I'm not, like, I don't know everything about everything, (laughs) but you know more than me. So.
1: Okay. So (laughs) my chart is actually kind of wonky. It's very fun. Um, I am a sun and moon in Virgo. So what that means is the way that I present myself to the world and the way that I process emotions and my intuitive side are the same sign. So Virgos are very analytical, very practical, very um, organized. Um, Some would even say anal, uh, but... I think also Virgos have the ability to be able to, because we're so analytical, we're able to kind of like zoom out and see things from a greater perspective. So we can be in the moment and see what's happening then and there, but be able to zoom out and say, you know, what's the bigger effect going on here? Um, So I love love that I'm a Virgo through and through. My rising is I'm a Taurus. I'm a Taurus ascendant which Tauruses are stubborn and, (laughs) um, they, yeah, they. Oh yes. My boyfriend's a Taurus. How do you manage? But it's funny. They're stubborn, but they are super playful and really like cuddly and lovey and, um, They love to spend time in nature and create like fun experiences in nature for people. So uh, that's my rising. So with rising, that just means that's more what I'm leaning into in this throughout this life is me understanding more and taking on more of a role in a Taurus, in a (laughs) Taurus mindset and a Taurus way. Taurus is also very money minded. Um, Self-care is usually spending money on things and food. And that is so me.
0: (laughs) So I didn't know that, or maybe it did. I think I actually did know that you were a Virgo sun and a Virgo moon, but I didn't know that you were a Taurus rising. So that's really interesting because I'm a double cancer, like sun and moon. So it's fun that we're both I think it's
1: advantageous. It's easy. I think it makes us easier to be authentic because we process emotions and our intuition the same way that we present ourselves to the world. So what is your human design? I am a manifester in human design, Um, (laughs) which is a blessing and a curse. Um, It doesn't mean that I'm better at manifesting than anyone else. It truly does not mean that. Um, it more so means that human design is hard to explain in my in my brain because i don't know as much about it as astrology but human design is essentially how you use your energy to bring your purpose to life so being a manifester, I know that I have short bursts of inspiration where I can get a lot of work done when I'm feeling inspired, and then need to take long periods of rest and recuperation, um, which kind of makes sense with how I hold space for people. It's like I'm able to hold space and I get inspired to create the way that I hold space, and then I need to retract and rejuvenate and um, kind of go from there. But um, it's, I guess, Manifestor's purpose is to, we're supposed to be the movers and the shakers to create the new ideas and the direction that society is going to go into. So it sounds like it's like a lot of responsibility, but I'm kind of just like, I don't know. At first I was like, yeah, like, that's awesome. And then I was like, wow, that's a lot of responsibility. And now I'm just like, okay, whatever. Just like do your own thing and don't worry about your human
0: design. Well yeah, because that's just who you are now or have always been. So it's like out of your control if you can like be it or not be it, you know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But human design is a lot of fun. I remember learning about it. It gave me a lot more like solace in in who I am and the way that I do use energy because you know, the the way that everything's preached online right now is that go, 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 go mentality of like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to have, you know, you have to spend X amount of time per day doing, working on this project, yada, yada, yada. And I think that that's like, I think people can put a lot of energy into it, but I think as a manifester, if you hold yourself to that standard of always having enough energy to follow things through from start to finish. Like it's, you're just self-sabotaging. Like as a manifester, you, you need to have a team behind you that's helping you create, um, whatever you're, whatever you're deciding to create. So, it brought me it it made me be like oh okay me being depleted for sometimes a week sometimes two like that's part of my human design it's not a flaw within me it doesn't mean that i don't deserve to be an entrepreneur it's just not the way that my body uses energy
0: yeah that makes um, a lot of sense for you specifically because i remember when you were doing a whole bunch of stuff one week and then you just got like very very burnt out and then you just needed to like rest and take care of yourself burnout
1: is huge with me and I'm I think it's going to be you know a lifelong balance of me trying to figure out how much I can handle and how I can best because you know my purpose is to be able to hold space for these transformations so if I need to burn out for a week then I need to burn out for a week just like chill but yeah, I definitely function in a much different way than others, for sure, for sure. So, how are you going to put love and care into yourself for the rest of the day? Okay, so what I'm doing <laughs> is uh, I rented the movie Dirty Dancing yesterday. I know, love that movie. Dude, it's I have so good. Movie. Oh, my God. Because I love partner dancing. Actually, that's a little fun fact. I love partner dancing and used to do blues dancing and West Coast Swing when I lived out in Tucson. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact. And... So yeah, dirty dancing, man. Oh, so good. So I rented it yesterday. I already watched it yesterday, but I think I'm going to watch it again. And I think a nap is in my future today. I did a lot of subconscious reprogramming yesterday and now I think it's going to be the rest of the day. Just me really, really nurturing myself. And then hopefully in the evening being able to either get back on the meditation swing or maybe do some reading
0: I love that. Those like having a really nice, like rest recharge kind of day or a few days in a row is very much needed. And a lot of people like neglect that and they don't really like do that. It's kind of like a go, go, go. Like that's another story for like how I perceive, like how society is right now. It's very much like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I really think like resting and recharging is a beautiful way to take care of yourself.
1: Yeah, It's so shamed like so unnecessarily shamed oh, it is. to like take a day off. Like why can't we just why can't we just chill one day? Cook some good food, do some light stretching, lay in bed, paint your fingernails.
0: <laughs> yeah, because for a while, I would shame myself for like resting. And then I was, Then this past week, I needed to rest mm-hmm. after like everything I released through Kundalini for 10 days and then having the moon circle and then everything I released. Then I was like, I really need to just like rest. So there was two days where I didn't really do a lot. I did like a little bit of stuff, but it was stuff that was like simple, like cleaning. It wasn't anything like specific. So I think those are really important. Um, Is there a quote, saying, or a piece of advice that you want to leave
1: the listeners with? I guess the only thing that I would want to leave with is be kind to yourself, ease up on yourself, and to seek out support if you need it.
0: Yeah, that's solid advice. So where can people find you? All your socials, all your platforms, give them.
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Emily Newt Meditations. You can find me on Facebook under just Emily Newt. Feel free to add me as a friend. Or you can also check out my business page, which is Emily Newt dash Meditation and Manifestation.
0: And those all will be linked in the show notes as well. So I would like to thank you for being on my podcast. It was a really great conversation. We covered a lot. And I even feel like we could have another whole episode just about like specifics with meditation and manifestation. Because there was so much that like we didn't cover that you could probably cover too. Um, And I'm super excited to see your YouTube series in the future. That'll be really fun. We'll learn a whole lot more about you. It'll be like way more personal raw real.
1: oh you'll hear about all the fun times
0: (laughs) not fun times so thank you so much for being on thanks so much
1: for having me it was lovely
0: bye everyone bye all right everyone so that's the end of today's episode i hope you enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed it and thank you for listening This week, I challenge you to step outside of your comfort zone and try meditation or a manifestation practice. I think it would be really fun for you to do. It'll help ease your stress, especially if you're doing meditation. And yeah, why not? You know, what's stopping you? So that's my challenge for you this week. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram, my blog, my Facebook page. All of that will be linked in the show notes as well as Emily's socials, so go check her out. I would absolutely love it if you rated and reviewed the podcast. It'd mean the absolute world to me. And again, I wanted to thank Emily for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure to have her on. I loved the conversation and I loved what we talked about. It was a very eye-opening, awakening experience. So with that all being said, I cannot wait to chat with you all soon and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.